Woo! Fuck yeah, dude! Fucking yeah! Rolls your tits! Woo! These are movies I like to yank it to. Hola y como estas, Superhouse Podcast listeners, this is Stefan, I'm back from the motherfucking desert and I feel weird in reality. Uh, today, uh, This is episode 146 and we're going to talk about my, we're going to do a debriefing of my experience at Burning Man, the third experience I've had at Burning Man. We're going to talk, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna highlight a popular fan theory uh, that's floating around the interwebs. Uh, Maddie's going to give a non-spoilery Iron Fist Season 2 review, and then we're going to do an off-the-beaten-path uh, horror films you should watch that Maddie's also going to take new, care of. New section. New section. <laughs> new section. New, new, new. Brand new from Superhouse. And as always, I am joined by Andrew. Hello. And Maddie. What's up? Woo, it's good to be back. <laughs> what happened, man, out there in the desert? Woo! All right, so... <laughs> Tell us That's my, it. We've been off. This is my third Burning Man. I've been converted into full-on burner hippie cyber gypsy uh, at this point. Um, oh, man. This year was great because I went in early with the build crew to set up camp. Um, our, we're called, our camp is called the Bureau of Misinformation. A lot of camps, uh, at Burning Man have like themes and do like fun stuff and weird stuff. It's like adult summer camp for people who, instead of wanting to have s'mores and tell ghost stories, they drop acid and tell acid stories. Wait, could you drop acid and have s'mores? Yes, you could actually. Yes. <laughs> okay, no, there's no restricting of s'mores out at Burning Man. Um, so for those who don't know, Burning Man is just like this huge hippie rave gathering festival, whatever you want to call it, um, where a bunch of weirdos go out and live and kind of a, by, by following 10 principles, uh, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but basically like leave no trace and, uh, radical self-reliance, which means like you take in all your food and all your water and you take everything out that you brought in and you plan for the amount of days you're going to be there and. Um, you help sustain things, and there's a no money exchange during the event, um, except for ice and coffee, uh, if you want that. And coffee, bought, really? Yeah, definitely. Ice and coffee. They're crucial, man. They're crucial. Wow. Um, so, so, yeah, other than that, there's a gifting economy that they uh, have as part of the 10 principles. And now all that means is that, you know, you give of yourself what you can when needed when you like rise to the occasion if somebody needs like you have an extra scarf or something somebody lost theirs you give them one i gave away a bunch of sunglasses you know you just end up acquiring things and sharing things throughout the entire experience um but also people bring like gifts like koozies that has a burning man 2018 and stuff on it like that so you get like a lot of cool swag sometimes it's a great networking event it's a great like it's a great way to cut through like the bullshit of society, societal niceties and handshakes and stuff. Everybody you meet, you hug. When you get into the gates, they say, welcome home. Everybody says, welcome home. And at first you're like, whatever, that's kind of cheesy, hippie shit or whatever. But by the time you leave, man, you feel like you're a piece of you is still there as citizen of Black Rock City. Um, you know, it's like, uh, 
it's definitely like a dream. It's an acid trip unto itself, not to mention the cocktail of drugs and alcohol and partying and friendships and like connectivity you experience throughout the entire event. So um, that's pretty much what it is. It was the theme this year for it was uh, iRobot. So a bunch of people did really cool like costumes slash like sometimes it's like really sexy stuff or like gothy or you know really whatever weird shit people can think up and you don't have to adhere to the theme but a lot of people did like robotic shit this year and they referenced they referenced asimov's three laws and stuff in terms of how the art was represented there was a bunch of giant like metal robot sculptures that would talk and like preach the end times and psychedelic apocalypse and shit and the art's amazing. It's all like interactive for the most part. There's just it's just laser city at night, and then during the day it's like fucking Star Wars, uh, Tatooine. Where you're just going around and <laughs> like interacting with all these strange folk. Um, yeah. So, do you guys have any questions right off? You had a DMT trip, you said. Oh yeah, near the end, near the end of the uh, near the end of the trip, like one of our last days, I had a really great DMT trip, and I think I've talked. Oh, I do want to actually put up a disclaimer at this juncture that uh my personal views and what i'm saying about burning man my experience and like drugs and stuff and what i'm about to talk about they're, they're my views specifically and don't represent the views of superhouse podcast as a whole <laughs> not that i'm gonna say anything like crazy i might i don't know but um <laughs> but uh basically uh so before i get to the dmt trip is there anything you want to know like about the experience like somebody who who has never gone like any more more details about it that you wonder about having heard about it how do you eat you bring all your food in yeah you bring in all the food that you think you're going to need for like two weeks but people bring a lot of food too so you end up sharing like a lot of your stuff with everybody what'd um, you eat um what'd you i bring them in? I brought, I, I wanted to, I thought this year I would do like a lot of like nuts and granola and dried fruit and stuff like that. But when I got out there, I didn't realize that I was not going to want sweet anything, anything sweet. You just don't crave it at all. All you want out there is salt. I can tell you huh. all you need in the desert to survive is water, salt, drugs, and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. All right, I had another question. And lasers. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> what? And lasers. Do, I, what kind of conversations do you hear? I feel like you'd hear a lot of whacked out conspiracy theory. You know, the government's after you, dude. And nah, it's... Fucking, uh, blah, 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 you know, like shit like that. I mean, I'm sure there's people like that. We don't... Like, nobody really gets political or really brings the that kind of shit into the event. It's like, it's a dream. It's a place of, like, freedom and just, like, positivity. Like what do you talk about then when you're out there? Like you must have conversations. You're uh, there you for a week, about, right? Yeah, you talk about drugs. You talk about other burner experiences. You talk about like relationships. You talk about connecting. You talk about your careers or whatever, what paths you're on. There's a lot of artists and engineers and like radical tech people out there and stuff. So everybody's got a really, you know, it's like an incubator of great ideas. And, and you know, by by hugging everybody you meet and kind of taking away the barrier of like a handshake or something like that, it kind of dissolves any kind of judgment. Um, so then you find it, you find yourself in a place where people like really feel like all these people love you unconditionally for, you know, whoever you may think you are. And throughout the, the, the week you kind of like pick up on maybe like learn a little bit more about yourself, you know, in that way. 
Um, do you just walk uh, around naked? No, I never walked around naked. A lot of people do, and it's totally like it's totally free. You know, it's a totally free kind of thing. You will see just nude people walking yeah, around. Yeah, you have you have just nude people of all types, all shapes and sizes, and um, you know, you start the first time I went, it's like kind of startling. You're like, oh my god, there's all these naked people around here who I would probably rather not see naked. Um, <laughs> yeah. but by the end of it, you're just kind of like, you see what you, tr you kind of like think, put yourself in their shoes or not their shoes, put their stuff in their skin and, um, and kind of like, you know, like they, you know, they, they probably have insecurities about this, but they're just letting it all hang out. And so, you know, they're just like, this is them, you know, it's like a place where you can be like a hundred percent yourself, like no matter how weird or how normal that person is. You can just you can't really hide from the true you out there because nobody gives a shit. All people want to do is party with you and make sure you're safe and fucking trip out and enjoy this massive event. That's like, um, you know, it's like a big kind of hippie pagan ritualistic kind of uh, cyber festival. It's all about sharing. <laughs> you ever been in a three way? Uh, I have not. No, yeah, me neither. I've always Maddie? tried to navigate it. But... Nope, that's it's a little too much. I'd buckle Advanced. under the pressure. I'd just go. be like, uh, "Gotta get out of this." I would do it, yeah. but it's I don't think it's in the cards for me at the moment. The thing is, too, is like a misconception people Dang, have about. Wife ain't listening to this. <laughs> yeah. She knows how I feel about that. <laughs> Damn, uh, setting yeah. that foot down. Yeah. I'm just told her that I'm not against it. Yeah, <laughs> and there's okay. a there's a there's a misconception about this type of culture and like Burning Man the event and stuff. A lot of people think it's just like people are just throwing sex around and stuff like that. There are people that are kind of like that. Uh, usually they're rich. Usually they're like kind of assholes that are just like kind of, you know, like uh, excessive and imbibing of you know all the earthly pleasures and shit, which is cool. Like that's their prerogative, or whatever. And that that also means it's like it's 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 easy to hook up out there, you know, because you get rid of a lot of those barriers that you have in society to kind of like get somebody to trust you enough to like fucking be intimate with you. Uh, but out there, you kind of it's a little bit easier. But you know, it's easy to hook up, but it's not always who you want uh, to be with. And it really comes down to just like these connections that you can make with people when like you're kind of stripped bare and you're really seeing each other for who you are and bringing a lot of honest stuff to it. And um, so like with the girls that I was hanging out with, like we didn't bang. I could have banged some other girls who were like super cute and stuff like that, but I just wasn't feeling them. I wanted to spend my time with these two women and we just like gravitated towards each other. So had made like pretty good bonds uh, with them, like good friendships and stuff. So anyway, that's my Burning Man debrief. I can't. I don't want to say anymore because I'm rambling on. Thank you guys for indulging me. No problem, dude. Before we move on, uh, sort of out of order, but just to keep all the travel stuff into one section, Maddie, you uh, wanted, you had a request that I do a New York debrief. Yeah, just give us a rundown. I ain't never been. I want okay. the Andrew experience. How uh, were it? Yeah, all right. So I went. Um, I went to New York for two days. It's because Yuka had she she I thought she was getting paid, but she wasn't. She she did this for connections. She's a makeup artist. She does beauty makeup, and so she she went to New York Fashion Week and did some models makeup, I guess for free, uh, that are running the on the catwalk. You know, mm -hmm. like some pretty legit shit. 
Oh, and uh, legit shit. Legit, legit shit. shit. Wasn't that a section back in the day? It was, was gonna, gonna be, be uh, like a page we were doing. I mean, yeah, so, I, I forgot about that. So anyway, she was doing that. So and I was like, I can take one day off of work, which was just Friday. We took a red eye Thursday night, and uh, so I did that. I did go ten years ago, man. I helped um, Rubenstein move in to Williamsburg before he was probably part of that early gentrification. Was, yeah. You know, way back in the day. Like now, it's hipster central, but. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that he was he was like starting that up even back then. Um, this is twelve years ago. This is two thousand six, man, probably. So I t- I saw Times Square, and we saw we saw yeah we saw Times Square, and like we had a falafel. I don't even think I had pizza at that time, and I was just there for a day. So this time I was there for two days. Um, yes. Saw Ian Harper, Ooh. stayed with him. If you guys oh, remember no that shit. guy, yeah, yeah man, he's he been there for ten years. He had a air mattress for us and everything, so it was Hell great. Yeah. Stayed in Brooklyn. Good guy, good. He's guy. a really good guy, man. Um, he made me pancakes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sick, yes, yeah. I know uh, with Vermont. He's from Vermont, right? So it had, had the Vermont uh, uh, syrup, yeah, maple syrup, and um, damn. He and his wife, super nice. His wife is from the Bronx, so they she knows a lot about the city and stuff. To me, it feels like Tokyo in English. That's New York, but Mm -hmm. dirtier. Tokyo is real clean, but like overall, riding the train vibe, and this part of town has this vibe, and this part of town has that vibe, and there's fashionable people here and hipsters there, and you don't need to drive ever, and and there's there really is kind of a sense of togetherness with New York, man. It's yeah. That's it's cool. interesting. Like I think in the '90s, we we were given this image of New York having like be, everybody being a bunch of assholes. Yeah. But I was only there for two days, but I didn't get that at all, man. Like New Yorkers are extremely nice. I, there is an impatient thing there, I think, a little bit because everybody moves uh-huh. fast, faster yeah. than other places in the country. But it's not. They're not really. It's not that personal. It's just how it is, you know. And other than that, it's really not rude at all. Um. But yeah, we went to the Empire State Building. We had uh, bagels. Uh, we had pizza three times. I saw the SNL stage. I'm a huge Saturday Night Live fan. Nice. So uh, that was awesome. NBC Studios, Jimmy Fallon, uh, his uh, uh, stage. And uh, it's a lot smaller than you'd think, too. They use wide lens- lenses or something. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon's yeah. stage looks really small. Yeah, oh, wow. it's super small, man. Uh and uh, what else did we do? We went somewhere else. Um, oh, we went to the Nintendo store. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, how could you forget it? Oh. That was that was. Here's the thing about that too. There's no Nintendo is a Kyoto company. They're not Tokyo or Osaka. They're Kyoto, right? Uh-huh. And Kyoto, in in their 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 uh, headquarters in Kyoto, there's no Nintendo store. They don't have fucking shit. There's no gift shop. Nothing. They just uh-huh. have their company, and that's it. There's no fucking like public, you know, tours or anything. So when I saw the Nintendo store, I was like, shit, they got this here. That's fucking amazing. On top of it just being Nintendo, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. it was awesome. And it had like New York swag and like, of course, all the Switch 3DS stuff, but lots of like Metroid, Kirby, Splatoon, all the shit, man. Like I was fucking geeking out for a second, man, because nice. I didn't know we were going. And Ian was like, "Yeah, it's right there." I was like, "Shit, well, we gotta go, man." I so I got two <laughs> shirts, 
they've got a, a Nintendo and Kanji shirt and another one that's just the regular logo and uh, pizza was good. Um, I do think New Yorkers sort of oversell their pizza. Mm -hmm. um, controversial Dang. statement, maybe. It's Both losing some fans. It's very losing fans. It's very good. I'm not saying it's bad, but New Yorkers talk like it's the fucking. It's handed down from God Himself. There's no other pizza in the world. Look, it's good <laughs> pizza. It's great. I love it. It's not fucking this shit from Ambrosia from heaven. <laughs> no. To some, it may be. <laughs> There's this theory, too, that the New York water system, uh, New York has a certain water. kind of water irrigation or whatever water. that affects how they water. make dough, and uh, that affects the taste. But then I, I heard today that that, that, was, that was a theory that was debunked, so I don't know. I don't know what it is, but um, what else did I do? I saw Times Square again real quick, and... Uh, Walked around Williamsburg. I wanted to see uh, Hipster Central over there, so I did that. And Brooklyn is pretty fucking cool, man. It has a, it has a pretty cool vibe. If Superhouse was living in New York, we'd all be up in Brooklyn, dude. I tell you, it's yeah. definitely like the spot to be. And cool. Williamsburg is sort of more on the north end of Brooklyn, I think. And it's gotten so gentrified and um, expensive that everybody's moving down south south of Brooklyn. Uh or the south part of Brooklyn, and 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 so there's all kinds of maybe new gentrification happening there. So, yeah. Any uh, any other questions about that? Because I think I pretty much said the extent of it. I think it's cool mm. that you're in New York right before you're about to play Spider-Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, yeah, it's been like it was like everything I wanted to be able to do in Grand Theft Auto Four. You know, like be able to climb and swing from buildings and shit. Yeah, so, man. So good. But it's like, it's interesting that you just went and then like, you'll see the, that same, you know, it's like, it seems to be really pretty accurate. It's just with the, with our, that's true. And, and, and with our current, like, um, my wife's visa status that we're still working on, we can't do any like international travel. And we probably would have already done some by now. Yeah. So I've just been, we've been taking like these mini vacations. Like we went to Oceanside like a month and a half ago or so. Uh, -huh. uh stayed down there for just a night but it was it was great and then yeah. two two days two nights in um new york so that was awesome too some maybe another mini one at some point probably see maddie next sick nice. yeah, seattle man seattle too. well yeah, shit let's plan it yeah so and then once we get the fucking visa status figured out i'm we're gonna be taking the international one but until then Domestic yeah, it should, is. We all should play in Seattle and get like an Airbnb or something. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Fucked up on vodka lemonades, bro. That's my drink now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm just going to bring beer. Wolfies. <laughs> Next. I guess that's the end with the New York debrief. That thus ends our travel <laughs> section for this episode. Do you guys remember that show, New York Undercover? No. On Fox? No. That was my shit. Oh, man. It was, great. It was like a. It was like a it was like a law and order, but it was like for the urban community, you know, it was really good. It had like great East Coast hip hop uh, soundtrack to it all throughout. Great characters. Really good show. The last few seasons were shitty, but the first few were great. Anyway, oh, I wanted to say one more thing before we end. I just thought of this. So I, I posted this picture of this this full pizza that I had in Brooklyn, right? It's a mm. it was that pepperoni pizza, like a full, not just a, not a slice. Yeah. So that pizza was really good. 
I think I actually like that pizza the most. But uh, I met my friend Mike from the Bronx, who I taught English with in Japan. I hadn't seen this guy in 10 years. Oh, nice. Or longer than that, 12 years. No, he left early, so it was like 13 years or something. Uh, Anyway, it's been a long time since I met the guy. Fucking great guy. He's still an English teacher, actually. Um, And he's from New York, right? True New Yorker. So... (laughs) He saw the picture of that pizza and he was like, you know, I'm sure that pizza's good, but it's a little bit too artisanal. <laughs> he said, a true New York slice is a little shitty. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> he was like, you don't go to a place with an A on the health code. You yeah. got to go to oh, a wow. B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he said, C may be a little bit too dangerous, but a B, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I agree. Said, it's not a full pizza. You got to get just a slice just off the street. Yeah. You know, it's got to be kind of shitty, and the sign's got to be shitty. The sign on the on this on the street uh-huh. for it and shit. So I can post another picture later, but um, I didn't want to like uh, hurt Ian's feelings because that was his spot, and that actually the, that probably did like that pizza the most. Maybe I like uh-huh. the artisanal shit more. I don't know, but um, I went to we went to this other spot. Uh, on uh, Mike's recommendation and we sent him a picture because we had to split. We we weren't with Mike at that point. So we were like, do you approve? And he was like, yeah, that, that looks like that's the spot. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> it's like sh- more like a shitty spot. Yeah. But, yeah, it was also good. And I didn't even say what toppings I wanted. I was just like, uh, we need uh, two slices. Nice. <laughs> and there the you was, go, buddy. And you he was fucking Italian. They were playing just over there. He was Italian. They were playing Italian music in there too, man. So, you get a slice over here at the end of the counter. You talking to man? Give me money. <laughs> Mike, Mike said the same. The same rule applies for Chinese spots Racist. in New York. He was like, "It's got to be kind of shitty, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be the true New York style." <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I thought that was awesome. So, awesome. All right, I think I think now we're done, right? So let's move on into <laughs> Stefan's fan theory. What is this all shit right. all about, man? I'm, all I'm, right, hell I yeah. have no idea. Hell yeah. Yeah, so every now and again when I'm per- perusing the, sh- the streams on the Facebook and all the social medias and whatnot, come across like interesting fan theories that hold a little bit of weight. You know, there's whole sections, subreddits on Reddit about uh, fan theories. I really like when people tie two franchises together through some kind of like theory. You know, really, it's, it's fun to see like the imagination of the fandom kind of like manipulate these these things and mash them together uh so every now and again i'll come across like some cool fan theories and i just wanted to put a highlight on on a couple popular ones as like maybe a new section for the future um but the one i chose is uh to start with is aladdin is set in a distant post-apocalyptic future now (laughs) these are all ridiculous and i don't specifically believe in them but i you know again it's like the aspect of the fandom kind of crafting this fucking insane theory about a movie that makes you look at it a little differently and kind of you know makes me when i watch movies and stuff kind of you know see where i can find my own theories about this or that or whatever you know the other popular ones are um you know ferris bueller is kind of like a tyler durden character where he's in cameron's mind doesn't really exist um and you know there's others where uh, you know, uh, like Karate Kid, Daniel LaRusso is actually the bully who comes to town and Johnny's really the hero and stuff Dislike. like that. I love yeah. Cobra yeah. Kai, but For as sure. a Cobra <laughs> Kai super fan, I mean, I'm, uh, well, both a Karate Kid super fan. I, I just don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that Daniel theory Daniel is a bully theory. Much either, yeah. Another popular one is that Jar Jar Binks is like actually a Sith Lord and came to like fuck shit up out of like this 
you know, minstrel show impersonation to, to distract and, you know, theatricality and deception. Like, I don't know. I don't like yeah. that one either, but these are ones that are popular. And I just, I thought the Aladdin one would be fun to start with because it's like, you know, it's it's got shit we like in the, the post-apocalyptic future and stuff. There's some fun stuff in here. So but without further ado, um, uh, a popular and quite popular. So I'm reading this off of, just to be on the kosher side, I'm reading this off of, off of DisneyTheory.com. Uh, which is a site that I didn't know existed until just today. Wow. Uh, so I like it. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, here we go. Uh, a popular and quite possibly the first Disney theory argues that Disney's Aladdin is set in the distant future rather than the past and that this can be proven by a handful of hints dropped by Genie in the movie. So, you know, suspending your disbelief here, even in uh, uh, even as we're addressing a Disney movie. But, you know, this is what people are dreaming up. And, and I like it um, anyway. So <laughs> is Aladdin actually living in a post-apocalyptic world? The theory goes like this. In the middle of Aladdin's makeover to Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababwa. He wrote that in parentheses, that's funny. Uh, Genie declares <laughs> that his fez and vest combo is much too third century. Uh, but on emerging from the lamp, Genie has already announced that 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. Uh, since Genie has been locked away in the lamp for all that time, and would be in no position to observe current fashions, this would mean that Aladdin is set in the year 10,300 at the earliest, or something, some such thing. Uh, in fact, since Genie is voiced by the ridiculously versatile Robin Williams, he can't help but impersonate a variety of 20th century personalities, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Groucho Marx, Rodney Dangerfield, Jack Nicholson, to name a few. This would put the date back even later, meaning Aladdin takes place sometime after the year 11,970. <clears throat> this can then be used to rationalize many other of the, many of the magical elements in Aladdin's world, uh, though ironically not Genie himself. Um, uh, it's theorized that the carpet isn't just a magical carpet of some sort, but is a remnant of some kind of hovering technology from uh, an advanced technological state prior to um, uh, a nuclear war or something that turned everything into a giant desert uh, and was kept safely away in the Cave of Wonders uh, to protect it. Um, similarly, Iago isn't just another anthropomorphic Disney character. Again, this is fans theorizing and then this guy, whoever wrote this, compiling it all together. So this is not words coming directly from my mouth. Similarly, Iago isn't just another anthropomorphic Disney character. He's either the result of a society who's so obsessed with its pets that they develop technology to understand their animals every thought um, or a mutation caused by nuclear fallout or uh, 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 slightly more likely the technology thing, assuming that as the daughter of a sultan, Jasmine would almost certainly get a translator to understand her beloved tiger Raja. They have a lot of like facial cues and stuff throughout the movie where they're like kind of interacting and communicating, um, which again, just Disney shit, obviously, but you know, suspend your disbelief here. Uh, Agrabah isn't even a real place in the history of the Middle East. Instead, it's assumed this is some form of future corruption of the names Egypt, Arabia, and Afghanistan as used as a generalization since specific nation states are largely irrelevant in the post-apocalyptic wastes. Um, advocates of the theory have also looked beyond the motion picture to the Aladdin video game for more evidence, finding bones of the nuclear wars dead. Uh, buried 20th century road signs and they have like images right here from the game which it looks like there's a stop sign in one of these frames sticking out of the sand um, and then it also says states that there's people have theorized that there's even unexploded nuclear devices and the picture they have shown here basically just looks like a rock to me in a smoky cave so you know that's a reach 
Um, <laughs> finally, some have suggested that there's a monolith to the incredibly historically relevant Nintendo Wii and Aladdin's Cave of Wonders, which doesn't seem to make sense at all, but makes for an entertaining image. So that seems to be more of like a current uh, photoshopped fan image embedded in the frame of the old movie, because definitely that wasn't <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, but, you know, there's images that are supposedly compelling of like the time the, the the representation of time throughout the movie. So obviously the theory is nonsense, but uh, um, but you know again it's the fandom kind of flexing its muscles and deriving a different take on on the on the film itself. A couple alternate theories before I round out is um, Aladdin is definitely set in the past because Belle is reading a book about him and Beauty and the Beast. Um, when the there's a scene in it, I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast in a long time, but there's a scene in it where an old man is talking to Belle, she's at a bookshelf, and uh, he says, what are you going to read? That one, you read it twice. And she says, well, it's my favorite. And she describes a story of far-off places, daring sword fights, magic spells, and a prince in disguise. And so, again, you know, like dumping yourself into it and reading into it a little bit more, you can kind of piece those together and connect those universes. I think that's fun. Um, the last alternative theory is that the entire story of Aladdin is made up by the merchant at the beginning to sell you an old lamp, <laughs> which I think is great. You know, he's just a great storyteller to sell this crap that he finds. Um, but anyway, you know, so I think out of just for the sake of fun, the theory is is a pretty silly but kind of interesting take on the whole thing. I like the magic carpet being uh, um, being a, some kind of technology or something. Um, and also, it's obvious, I think, that the genie's perception of time in the film uh, is he just is a, a being that can potentially see the past, present, and the future. So is drawing from all these like cultural icon kind of things. But I think that's what they were thinking when they made when they were writing it. Like he was yeah. he was like a supernatural being, so he could put in these references that weren't in yeah. medieval uh, Arabia or, or whatever yeah. this is supposed to be. I think and this is a funny theory. Yeah. I, I do like overthinking things, but I yeah. do think this is way overthought, and it's no. I just don't think the there's enough evidence to support the idea that it's. Like, yeah, I don't think the animators were th or the writers were thinking about totally, it in that totally way. Not, yeah, totally not. Uh, yeah, I'm not in support. Or were they? <laughs> um, but I mean, also it'd be people, cool. It's, a, it's on, adults overthinking uh, a, a children's pee, uh, you know, a children's yeah, movie. Exactly, applying some kind of new twist to it. Um, I could see like have, some, I could see like an artist doing like renditions of like Disney cartoons, kind of how they did like um, the Burton Game of Thrones as Disney characters oh, or something, okay. you know, yeah, yeah, and have yeah. like here's what Disney looks like in a post-apocalyptic future or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe like a, a, a concept uh, redesign is in should be in the works here. I should draw something. Up. Yeah, you could find you know some artist futuristic would do it Aladdin and shit and like just totally play off of this theory and illustrate it kind of more visually. People have yeah. also added to it on Reddit saying that it's like a post-apocalyptic like Las Vegas and all the desert or all the kind of like Middle Eastern stuff is just kind of like just uh, you know like. Tw like hundred times removed from life kind of representation of Middle Eastern life. And it's actually like just like a 10,000 years into the future of Las Vegas or something. I thought that was kind of funny because he's like so loungy, the mm -hmm. genies like always singing and stuff. So I like that it, you know, that's the aspect of these fan theories that I really like is that you take what's there, you know, and, and you make something kind of new out of it. Um, 
So that's the first installment of uh, uh, Superhouse Fan Theory, Fun Time, uh, Celebrity... Uh, <laughs> in, celebrity in that in, shit. Inhalation, ASMR. Uh, <laughs> ASMR, too. Minute with Stefan for your pleasure. Thank All right. For the Midnight Society. <laughs> Submit midnight for the society. approval of the Superhouse Society. Yeah. <laughs> Submitted, yeah. <laughs> Your section shall be removed. What was that fucking sand they threw on the fire? Magic. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Demon magic. Oh, man. You shall now be swept away to the... That episode where they were fucking escaping the goddamn uh, aliens in that fucking uh, hotel. No, uh, yeah, like a apartment complex. And then the end, it was revealed that the sister's brother was an alien or something. And are you afraid of the dark? Oh, yeah. God, that oh, uh, fuck me up, dude. Fuck me <laughs> up. Bro. God, that was a scary- Your brother's like, are you? You fucking with me? I was young, <laughs> so like a big twist, like a twist ending like that was still sort of new to me. And it, it happened, so I was like, God damn, I'm fucked up right now. I'm 10. Oh, I need some more milk. <laughs> I need to find like, need to find, like a couple <laughs> of those like episodes. They're Gosh. on VRV now, which is oh, where, where Israel works, and I've been watching all that, and a lot of it fucking holds up. Not, not, every, all, not all of it, though. Not all of it. All that's like the, the, the kids' version of SNL. Yeah, man. Some of it, some of it surprisingly holds up. Anyway, we're getting off topic here. So, uh, that's it for the fan theory. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I hope you all enjoyed. I mean, what do you, uh, what do you, uh, Maddie and Joey? What do you guys think of? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you even care to comment? Well, no. I, I, when as you were saying, I was just thinking of like sort of artist renditions that you see, like these sort of mashups that have yeah. kind of been coming out, and that's kind of the, you know, where I was uh, going with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, because Aladdin, you know, it's from. A Thousand and One Nights or Arabian Nights? Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of those. I, I feel like it's Arabian Nights. But, um, Arabian Nights, I think. Yeah, so these are like older stories that you know that are older than when Disney decided to make it a cartoon. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of take Toy it. With them, yeah, you yeah know? that's what I like, yeah, for sure. Which I think is a, a cool idea, for sure. Uh, I just have never wanted to watch Aladdin again, but now I really want to. I'm going to deep dive one. it and just watch it. I used yeah. to watch that a ton. Yeah, yeah. I did too. I, I thought it was Robin, Robin Hood. Alan Macon. Oh, Robin Hood's music. great. Robin Hood's great too. Yeah. Great Mouse Detective. I didn't watch that one no, as much. I, a while. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's Sherlock yeah, Holmes, they're, but they're, they're mice. mice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come back with some other theories. There's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, I'm excited for the this. There's subreddit yeah. fan theories too, so yeah, check that out. And there's some fun ones I found. I was reading an article the other day about some cool ones. So we'll get to those in the future. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, yeah. We got a deep dive. All of them. A lot of Star Wars ones too, if you, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Anyway, uh, moving on to Iron Fist non-spoiler review from Maddie. I just uh, finished it today also, so I'll be commenting. Boom. Oh, yeah, you guys can uh, mash the potatoes on this one. <laughs> God, I love mashing potatoes so much. Uh, I'm so I think I'm like everyone else in the world who saw Iron Fist Season 1 and went, 
I don't ever want to see Iron Fist again. Or in my head, <laughs> I went, maybe Defenders will be good. Maybe mm-hmm. he just needs Luke Cage. Like they can. But Defenders wasn't good either, in my opinion. Nope. So I was like, nope. dang. So then I see these reviews coming out on the internet. And I was like, there's no way Iron Fist season two is any good. Like at all. Like I had no desire to watch it. I wasn't going to, but certain sites that I like to follow and I agree with them on. I was like, all right, fine. Fuck it. I'll watch, I'll watch an episode. Maybe push it to two. If I'm on the fence, I get out, put it out, played that first episode and I was hooked. Motherfucker. I was hooked. (laughs) I needed to know what happened. And I don't know, like, they start off with a pretty cool fight scene. So, like, the choreography's gotten, like, ten times better than what it was in the first season. Stuff's kind of much faster now. It looks like he actually knows Kung Fu at certain points, which is, I mean, the show's Iron Fist, for Christ's sake. You gotta have that down. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe they rushed this season a little too much and the actors were like, dude, come on. We've never done Kung Fu before. It's probably not going to go that well. And then, you know, studios go, but we need to make that cash and we got to have this Defender show too. So, you know, seems like they had a little more time to work on it. Plus, you know, main actor dude having more time as Iron Fist and stuff probably helped. I thought he was, he wasn't as whiny in this season, which was awesome because I felt like the whole time I was watching season one, I was like, "Ah, dude, come on, stop just being whiny and be like, but this is the way we do it. Back there, blah blah blah. I was like, I can't, man. I can't fucking. I just, I can't take it. Uh, it just like was too much. And uh, so my favorite characters were like, you know, Colleen. And I was like, I don't want to watch this kid. I don't care that he's Iron Fist. Like, I just want to watch this girl start up a dojo. And then this, the hand is. Tra- she works. For, she used to be in the hand, and now they're coming after her again. And blah blah blah. I was like, that's a better show. You can just call it the hand and I'll watch it, you know, uh, but um, yeah, this season, everything's much better. Story's more concise. They have a great fucking villain in it that you're just like, oh my God, this guy is not like, it's very personal to uh, Danny Rand, which is great too. You get some cool flashbacks to training sessions. You get to see fucking the Iron Fist mask and it just, it did everything right this go around. It just... I don't know like if they got a different writing team. I haven't really looked into it. I just watched it and took it in, and I loved it. And I couldn't stop watching, dude. I watched it all day long. Nice. And then I got really stoned for the last episode. Yeah. I didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, and I saw I get my, my little peepers started to close oh, me, yeah. and I couldn't stay awake. And I my remember, little peepers. <laughs> and then I remember waking up going, wait, why the fuck? How How does Huda, what's going on? And then I was like, I missed an episode. Yeah, I was basically like, you got to go to sleep. And then I woke up at 10 and I watched it. And I was like, man, that was a great season finale. Because when it ended, I went, oh, my God, I cannot wait for Iron Iron Fist season three. And I never thought I would say that after watching the first season ever. Statement. Yeah. (laughs) But you guys haven't seen it yet, so you'll probably agree. I mean, maybe you'll hate it. I don't know. I think. I'll probably I think agree. The Super House crew will really enjoy this cool. season. I think we should all be watching it. And for those on the fence, fucking watch that shit. Get it's off the great. goddamn fence. <laughs> and on to the couch. I think, I think I liked it more than Luke Cage season two. Well, God. But damn. Luke Cage season two, kind of the finale of that was kind of what sold me on the whole season. Yeah. I got But through, through Iron Fist, 
season two, I was just locked in. Like there was a lot of Luke Cage. I was like, Ugh, I don't yeah. care. It's like, he's, he seemed like the same character from the first season, you know? And I was like, I want to see them grow. They've been through this whole, like crazy event in defenders, even though that sucked, but it's like Luke Cage is still the same. And then at the end of that season, you get a change, which I thought was fucking great. But it's like, soon as iron fist season two starts, it's like, Daniel Rand knows what he's doing. He's, you know, he's Iron Fist now, blah, blah, blah. Moving, 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 moving. Just, you know, it was great. And I, even the characters that like her, like his, his family in it, um, the, God, I forgot their fucking let Meachams. Like, they're also very, inter- like, very interesting too. Like, they all have, like, everyone has something to do. And it's not like any point they're like, oh, we got to throw Misty Knight in here because she was in Luke Cage and Daughters of the Dragon. If we got to do it. (laughs) But no, it's like everything made sense. You needed those characters to push the plot along. Misty Knight, Hottest Woman in the MCU. Let me just get that out there. All right, keep going, man. Dang. Just (laughs) say it out loud. Personal opinion, but there we go. Go ahead, Maddie. Statements, uh, but that's it. Watch mm. it if you're on the fence. I can't wait to hear what Joey has to say. Joey, go. All right. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree with Maddie on everything. Um, Wonderful. It's, it's ten episodes long. Where I believe uh, Luke Cage was thirteen. Um, I feel like the Luke Cage could have been a couple episodes shorter. A bunch Agreed. of stuff that I felt like was just kind of, you know, slowed the story up a bit. This season just flew by to me. Like mm. I was already like uh, I finished it today, and I'm like, wait, how many episodes do I have left? I'm on episode seven. What? You know, um, yeah. the fighting is 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 a lot better. The villains are great. You, they're they're dealing with Chinatown, so you have like the rival Chinatown gangs that they're having to deal with. Um, you've got him and Colleen's uh, relationship. There's a there, Maddie mentioned a new villain, which I believe showed up in the first season, but yeah. there's another newer villain who so, shows up in this season. On Spotlight. That will, yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't say anything. Venom? It's Venom. Yeah. Is it Venom? <laughs> totally it's Venom. Venom. Uh, Venom. Mary. Tom Hardy's in this shit. People I watch it. Symbiote. Fuck you got to deal with that old symbiote. Uh, no. It's symbiote. It's symbiote. But yeah, I, I Jeff Jeff Borardi. You see a lot more of uh, no, not a ton, but a little bit more of Kunlun. Um, oh yeah, the, like I said, the fighting's better. Uh, Finn Jones is less whiny uh, as Danny Rand. Um, and there's there's some cool stuff towards the end, man. It's like they're really starting to sort of uh, uh, you know care for this character a little more and show more. And I, I figured that would happen after kind of season one was kind of a dud. Because mm-hmm. the other shows that they, that these guys have made have been great, you know yeah. they might they might be slow at, at times or whatever they might not be as action packed as you want them to be, but they're great stories. Um, but if you definitely are were interested in Iron Fist and uh, was very let down, I think you should give second season two a try. Uh, you'll definitely enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, season one, Iron Fist was like, how many board meetings are we going to be in? And yeah. also, how long are we going to be in this uh, insane asylum thing? Like, uh, that, was, that shit was so boring, dude. Like, I already watched Arrow, bro. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. And the Ugh. fighting's not great. Like, this this whole thing hinges upon Kung Fu, you know? And yeah. this is Kung Fu Legend Continues, the Marvel edition, you know? So, uh, and the fighting sucked in the first one. Like D- Daredevil shouldn't be f- having cooler fights than Iron Fist. 
you know, the hallway fight scene in Daredevil season one. Yeah. Probably the most iconic to this day in the, in still the is. Net, yeah. Netflix. Still, yeah. still the best out of out of all of them. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. It's it sucks. I actually know a stunt guy, Japanese dude, that worked on Iron Fist season two, and the only thing I can add is that I asked him, Did you study Kung Fu movement for the show? And he said no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, All right. <laughs> hey I'm man, Kung Kung Lun's different, dude. Kunlun martial arts is different. Yeah, but it seems like it has stems from a Chinese style. I mean, of, of course, but I, you know, I don't know. Whatever, I, I, you know. Whatever. Yeah, it's cool. So, any sorry to interrupt. But any, anything else about Iron Fist? <laughs> no, check it out. <laughs> All right. For sure. I'll be seeing it when I'm not playing Spider-Man. Oh shit! Marvel all over the place. Since we're talking about that, the game's great. I played like game's twenty great. minutes, and I'm already hooked. And I've been busy working, and I haven't had a chance to play it again. But it's awesome. Marvel Spider-Man on the PS4 is the one greatest thing, video game ever made. One thing, if you're worried about, because I was kind of worried about it, but I didn't really like the costume. You can change like costumes. You get tons of costumes in the game. Yeah. I've seen it. I'm super. Uh, Sorry. Totally hyped, and like I guess each costume has like different powers and stuff. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm really close to getting the Stark suit from the MCU. Nice. I'm nice. Very close to it's so fun. It's so good. It's like Batman, the Arkham games, but like super dialed in and polished. And they've learned a lot from open from the Drake games and Tomb Raider and stuff. And just kind of like, uh, uh, what was that one? Zero Horizon event. event yeah, Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I always <laughs> forget that fucking game's name yeah. too, dude. But you know they've taken the innovations that have been made on all those games are like coming into fruition with this like open world third person action and like Spider Man is just I'm trying to think of like other superheroes that deserve a game you know like this um, where you like something you really wanted to do maybe Superman would be a great game to have um, a lot of rumors a lot yeah. of rumors about that but for right now being Spider Man the way you were Batman and Arkham but just like you know that next step further is so amazing when you get a hang of swinging it's like such freedom you're like unstoppable out there man and then sometimes you f i feel responsible if there's crime going down i'm like i'm fucking spider-man i'm just gonna like you know sit this Can't one out swing by that yeah just gotta go <laughs> gotta hop in yeah hop in and take care of business and the fighting system's really good it allows you to be really creative without feeling like it's too much of a button masher or anything like that um you really at times once like again once you get a hang of swinging and fighting at the same time and stuff you start doing really amazing things and like by the end of each fight you're just like god damn i'm amazing <laughs> it's so good anyway that's my quick review i'm a, i'm a, i'm 28 complete with the story uh, of it so it's great damn. fucking great i beat arkham city and i and i i think i was like at 16 percent because there's so much extra shit yeah, in that totally. game and I'm not a side mission guy. I just like doing the main yeah. shit. Arkham City was fantastic too. The Riddler things. I almost got them all, but there was one it wouldn't let me like. It was glitching or something. It wouldn't let me break the box. I'm just like, what the fuck? So mm -hmm. kind of sucked. But yeah, there was a lot of extra shit to do in Arkham City. But it's great to have Sp the Spider-Man game right now. It's just like unbelievable. And the graphics are amazing. The the rendering of New York City of Manhattan and everything is and the map is huge too. I think you go like outside of the island itself and like 
it's crazy. The villains, all the classic villains are re redesigned. The motion capture is amazing. The performances are really good. Anyway, I'm gushing. Spider-Man is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Nice. I got to play it after this, dude. Yeah. But also, Me too. News, uh, it outsold God of War. Um, yeah. So this is another huge, huge hit for PlayStation yeah, being an exclusive. It. Best thing it. Sony's doing with the property right now. Best thing <laughs> yeah. they're doing. This was a smart move. I got to get God of War. I never played any of those. But I think yeah. you, you've heard like they're awesome. this month. It's, it's, Is what'd it? you say, Maddie? Yeah. The third one's free this month. Okay. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I one. get that one, Andrew, because I think you might like um, the new one more, where the other ones were very much a button masher. And yeah, you're just like, yeah. Kratos just like pissed all the time. You're like, can we just not be pissed for a second? Like, why are we pissed yeah. all the time? I will probably get the angry, new I'll get the new like, God of War at the price drop, like yeah, at the yeah, forty dollar yeah. mark or something. Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Christmas time for sure. Oh Saint Nick will bring you copy by <laughs> cookies and milk. I gotta tell you, that Horizon Zero Dawn, man, I wasn't like super impressed with that one. I could not it's I don't know what it was, cool. man. It just but it was super just, involved. You gotta have I just didn't have the time to like really get into it and it seemed like Andrew, you're not an, an open world dude, man. It's fine. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I gotta go across this fucking world just to talk to some motherfucker. Like, like the thing fuck God, off. The thing with God of War is there are some like little little side missions, it's but they're very unreal, small. Though, like it? the world is very uh, uh, close to get, like very small. I guess linear, linear, and not necessarily linear, but. You don't feel you don't feel like this huge world. You're like, fuck, I gotta go way over there to get this thing, yeah. and then back over here. Like the world seems pretty small, and it seems a lot fe more feasible, especially for someone who doesn't like these type of games. Yeah. For me, it was the aesthetic yeah. with with Horizon Zero Dawn. I was not super like I like where they're coming from with like the tribal looks and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, but I wasn't super into the character designs for whatever reason. Well, they, they got a whole matriarchy thing too in that yeah. game, which is which great. Is cool. I love that. The, the story is actually really good. The twist in it is great too, uh, mm -hmm. or what I've. Like places named like what was it like Mother's Embrace and the All Mother yeah. and women and like are that, in charge yeah. and shit. But like I it's had, very cool in that yeah. in that regard. Yeah, but I had absolutely no interest in like the robotic animal aspect of it. Like me either. They're kind of cool, but I wish it was just a land full of like like strange beasts and shit. You know, if it was actually not like again that one's like a post-apocalyptic tale. You know, you have this like high sci-fi concept. Um, and uh i don't know it was just it was it didn't it didn't pull me in enough as much as like a tomb raider does or a nathan drake or spider-man mm -hmm. or fucking red dead like is just gonna be fucking westworld so oh yeah <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> gonna be nuts so this morning uh early this morning uh tokyo game show started to release trailers for the upcoming Ooh. again tokyo game show i believe which starts on the 19th i believe Nice. Uh, me and Andrew, since I'm not sure if you, I know Maddie doesn't like fighting games, but they had a trailer for Samurai Showdown. Nice, really. Uh, I was, I've been Samurai aware Spirits. that SNK is coming Holy back shit. in some yeah. way, so I wasn't I wasn't completely blown away that this Holy this shit. this was coming out, but at the same time, super happy that it is. It wasn't it wasn't a total surprise. Yeah, I wasn't super expecting happy. it because super I happy. know that they've been making King of Fighters like constantly. 
Like that's like their big game, like fighting game. And so they constantly have been making those. Samurai Showdown, like like they haven't done one since PlayStation 2. And that was like one of the 3D ones that did horribly. Mm-hmm. So like it's definitely one of the like we're seeing we've seen a huge resurgence in like fighting games and brand new fighting games coming out and being and being awesome. Um so it's just it's just great to see like that Samurai Showdown's coming back. You know, yeah, hell yeah. now I want to see like a Dark Stalkers coming down at yes. some point. Like, a, you know, old sort of fighting games. I want to see like making a comeback. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be like super huge. Like they had like the fighting EX layer, which I think is doing fine. But yeah. like you could have like a small Fatal Fury game come out like sometime in the future. But anyway, uh, I would really dope. like it if they did Last Blade 3. That too. That would they be the fucking shit. They totally do that. To me, the pinnacle of SNK's games mm-hmm. is Last Blade 2. I never heard of that. I love really? the look. I love it. I it's it's Love. it's like a perfect representation of a 2D sprites Japan. Um it's set in a certain time period. Of course it's fantasy, but it is a real historical period in Japan where uh more and more foreigners are just coming over. I think you see even the black right. ships on the horizon. Apparently, uh, the white people came in black ships. They always talk about that. And um, like, there's like just one white dude in it. Uh, and that's not the ho- only thing. The gameplay is cool too. It's a, I don't know, man. It's Samurai Showdown is really good. It's probably my second favorite. But Last Blade, man, it's just the look and the gameplay so good and there's a game called ninja masters too which is which is good but it's not quite as tight as the other snk games there's always something really like i don't know what it is it seems like to be very good at snk fighting games you got to be even better than people that are that are good at street fighter like like Mm -hmm. even higher difficulty oh yeah but but the payoff is a little better too yeah yeah it was like last last play two i've played a couple times and i own it i own the uh, Japanese import on Dreamcast, and I picked nice. it up on one of my others, maybe Vita or something or something. Anyway, um, yeah, I have uh, it on Vita too. Four, I think so. I have it. Uh, it's it's way more rigid than like than Samurai Showdown. Samurai yeah, Showdown is very much like a. It's even more rigid. Samurai Showdown is even more rigid, than, like Street Fighter. Like there's like certain moves you can do at certain times, and like half of the enemy's health will go go down, and for yeah. no reason whatsoever. I have no idea what causes that, but I'm just like, how the hell did my health go down fucking half when he hit me one time with a regular, you know, uh, uh, punch button or whatever? Yeah. Um, well, like last play two, it's man, I've played a couple times, and it's just like I just don't know if I like. I just don't know how to do the moves yet. I haven't played it too much, but. Um, I want to learn more of it because I like the characters and the way they look, but it's just something I'm not, you know, still sort of brand new to me. Um, but anyway, yeah. Samurai Showdown uh, looks pretty much like they made like a H or more of a, I guess, yeah, I guess HD version of uh, Street Fighter 4, even though it wasn't HD, but 720p on PlayStation 3. Uh, so it looks like that. Um, and I'm excited. Can't wait for it. I want to see the rest of the characters. Do you there. usually play as Hawamaru, or who do you who do you usually main as? Uh, uh, ha- Hayomaru, however you say it, Hamaru, um, uh, Ginjiro, uh, I think, 
uh, Tachibana Yukio is probably my all-time favorite, I think. Jubei Yagyu. Uh, just more of like the the samurai style like characters like right uh you know sort of uh yeah uh galford and in charlotte and i don't really play as them too much you know those type of characters uh uh who's the who's the big guy with the on the first one with the boomerang uh, uh i forgot i don't yeah. know yeah so like characters like that sort of yeah those sort of like you know ryu and ken style characters i guess yeah i did like um I, I don't remember his name, but he was sort of the water guy who had the water powers. And I, I think he became, he started in three or four, uh, blue hair. He's got a brother. That's kind of like the fire version of him. Um, uh, anyway, it's been a while. Super excited. Yeah. I, I can't wait. I want to see more and more of this. And I think if they release a new metal slug, that'll also, Ooh, that'd be cool. Dude, yeah, and shaded full like, renaissance. Like I said, they, they have a, a SNK 40th anniversary coming out for Switch. Nice. Um, so I think that's in November. So we'll see what's on that. And yeah, man, I hope they make a resurgence, dude. I hope they, you know, they come back and, you know, we see some cool shit from them. Neo Geo rules. Legit shit. <laughs> I need to bring shit. back, uh, there was, I need to move on in a second here, but Neo Geo 64 was an arcade cabinet out for a while, and there were like three or four games for it. And you hardly, I mean, I think it's on MAME, but I've never seen a great, maybe it's just my computer, but I've never, I've never been able to really get it going. There was a Samurai Showdown 64 and everything. Next up, Maddie's going to give us some recommendations for his off the beaten path horror picks. Maddie, what do you got? Okay, so what I want to do for, because we all know October, Halloween's one day, but October is Halloween, right? I mean, I watch like a horror movie every day. That's nothing out of the ordinary. I do that Fuck yeah! most of the days of the year. <laughs> um, but I figured I watch a lot. I watch a lot and I found some like just some off the beaten path stuff that people aren't watching and they're i always see comments like there's no good horror movies anymore and blah blah and that might be the case in like going to a theater scenario because i mean i don't know i kind of wanted to see the nun then read a review as a bunch of jump scares i was like i don't really have time for that sometimes i'm <laughs> psychological i don't mind a jump scare too but i mean if your whole movie is jump scares and that's how you're making me go oh god I'm so skilled I just uh, I ain't got time for it. I ain't got time for your boo. I mean, I'll rent it because I'm the director, <laughs> but you know, so I've I've been breaking this off the beaten path horror thing down into categories. So, like, I'm going to talk about witch movies, vampire movies, werewolf movies, other shit. But I'm gonna start it off with cult films. Like, these are films that have cults in them. Nice, because cults creep me out. Stefan's basically in one. I'm kind of creeped out. <laughs> so uh, no Come particular to the cuddle puddle. <laughs> cuddle puddle. No, it seems so cuddle, nice. Cuddle cults. Nipples. One of us. Oh man. It's, it seems so nice until there's murder. Murder. The whole time I was there, I was like, "What if a serial killer got loose at Burning Man? This shit would be fucking nuts. dude. That's a fucking horror film. movie that needs to happen. You totally. gotta shoot that shit. Totally. <laughs> um. Totally. So. No particular order that this is the best one or whatever. My list, I'm just going to do three. Uh, I'm going to start off with The Invitation, which is a 10, 2015 movie directed by Kieran Kasuma. 
and it is on netflix right now you can watch it tonight Um, but it's got logan marshall green in it he was just an upgrade that that movie is also sick not about cults about being a super robot man (laughs) sort of um but uh it's very cool movie about uh this guy that logan marshall green plays is invited over to this dinner of his ex-wife and there's an event that has occurred that drove them apart which you find out about is like you get into the story, but when he gets to this dinner, he sees his friends. He also sees these weird people that he doesn't know. And it just escalates and escalates and escalates. And the ending's very good. Um, and it was one of those, like, I knew that it was happening. And there was even moments in the film where they're like, this is a cult. And you're like, that, that seems a little easy. But as it progresses, you're like, well, maybe it, like it tricks you into thinking, well, maybe it wouldn't be that bad for this character that you're following, you know? And then stuff just keeps escalating. But great movie, great acting from everyone in it. Uh, next, I have Faults, which came out in 2014, and it's directed by Riley Stearns. And it's got uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. Ooh. And we we love her here at Super Out. Well, I mean, Stefan and I, I do. <laughs> uh, but it is also about a man who just, uh, God, I totally forgot the phrase that they call it when... Uh, a guy gets you out of a cult, like there's a phrase for that. Do you guys know it? Uh, gets you out of a cult? Well, yeah, to like get you out of that cult. And, yeah, it's basically that, but they have another word for it. Totally forgot uh, it. Um, extraction. So, yeah, something like that. Going but clear. It's but. <laughs> but um. So anyway, they hire this guy to get their. They kidnap their daughter. These parents kidnap their daughter, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And this guy is known for like getting people out of that cult mentality. And he's like, you got to follow these rules and do this, and you can't give into this, this or this. And you're staying next door. And they set up this whole thing, and it's basically just a match of wits cool. happening between this guy who's kind of like down on his luck, who used to be really popular, and then a girl who doesn't want to leave a cult. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead fucking crushes it. But it's and everything that happens in it. And it's another one that just escalates till the end. And you're like, holy fuck, dude. But great. Uh, It used to be on Netflix when I looked it up earlier. It didn't say that it was. But I would, if you're adding the invitation to your list, see if Faults is on there. It was on there for a while. That's why I watched it. Um, But you can rent it off of any site that lets you rent movies. Um, And my final one. It's called The Endless, and I saw this in theaters. The directors talked about it, um, but it's kind of a playoff of uh, uh, Resolution, which is their first film. Um, oh. You don't have to watch that one to watch this one, but you can watch Resolution and their other film, Spring on Shudder, uh, which is the horror site you can get through Amazon, um, which i got to get it soon because there's a lot of classics on there I want to get through again. Um that came out, well, it says it was filmed last year, but it's like initial release was this year. Um, but that's by Vincent and Moorhead. Um, but it is basically about these two brothers who have escaped this cult, and they have to go back one last time because they just want to see if it was as bad as they were like, remembering it. One of them kind of doesn't really think it was that bad, but his brother's like, this was terrible, dude. What are you talking about? They lied to us and all this shit. So they go back, and Aaron and or, uh, Vincent and Moorhead do a lot of, like, they're really inspired by a lot of Lovecraftian themes. So you get some weird stuff in it. Um, But it's just a weird trip, dude. And I guess these guys have been like after spring, they kind of like popped up in the horror world. And they were even saying like, they've been courted by all these studios, but they were just like, they like, we go to meetings for like five hours a day or eight hours. It was like our job just to go drink 
expensive water and talk about a movie we wanted to make, but they wanted us to make this other movie that we didn't want to make. And uh, so they basically just got fed up with that and filmed The Endless by themselves with like what they said was like a dollar's budget because it's like a lot of their friends worked on it. Like, yeah, I guess they're friends with the dude from the album Leaf who did the score, which is fucking sick. Oh, but cool. it's like the two leads in it uh, are the are the directors um, and anyone in it, I guess, was just a really good friend and wanted to help him shoot it. But uh, I forget which one, but one of the guys who's the director and co-writer and uh, is does visual effects, too. So he just did all the visual effects himself. So they're not like great visual effects. Like you can definitely tell that they are, but it's definitely worth a watch. Cool. Uh, I love these directors. I think uh, they're like whatever they do, their big thing is going to blow people away if they just let them do what they want. Um, cool. but yeah, I would de- definitely like it's great. Those forget. are my three like cult movies that I think you should check out if you're really into. And I think American Horror Story cult comes on, uh, comes out pretty soon on Netflix. So, you know, I haven't seen it, but if you're into cults, here's some other movies you can watch after you finish American Horror Story. <laughs> but that's all I got. Um, I was going to say this is what we're doing next week, but I planned on doing a werewolf movie one, but I wanted to rewatch a couple before I did that. So who knows? Could be slasher. Could be possession cool. movies. Love it. Oh, possession. That's just, interesting. Yeah, it could be just movies about Satan. Who knows? I got so many lists, people. And also, what I want to ask from the listeners is if there's something you want me to talk about, um, like subcategory, something like that. Like if you want me to just go into like creepy ape movies, I got you. <laughs> creepy ape. Dude, monkey shines. One of my faves. Um, creepy ape. But um, you know, uh, yeah, just body horror, some- body horror, sick, dude. Oh, that's just Cronenberg, dude. You just all you gotta watch. Ooh, love it. Is he the only one that really does that? No, but uh, he's uh, the there's there's a body horror one that I'm gonna put in put in uh, the possession one. Okay, cool. but um, oh, yeah, I mean, so let's simplify this list real quick. Number one, what's the one they should see out of this list? Definitely first thing. Well, most people have Netflix, so I would say the invitation because it's going to be easiest and you're already paying for it. Such okay. a good payoff. Um, but if I had to pick one that I was like, oh, you're going to drop money on this just because I'm talking about it, I would say The Endless. But I would also say just watch their other films too. How do you spell uh, that? Endless? The Endless, like oh, okay. E-N-D-L-E-S-S. Gotcha. Okay. What, what are their director's uh, names again? Uh, Benson and Moorhead. But Benson both their other, their two other films, they've only done two. This is their third one. Are both on Shutter, and it's four ninety nine a month, and there's a seven day free trial, so you can watch those two. Uh, it watching their first film, which kind of ties into the Endless, but it's a different story. You don't really have to watch it to know what the fuck's going on in the Endless, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> so I would recommend watching that as well. Cool, but uh, nice, sick. Nice. I like nice. this section. Yeah, nice. I'm pretty psyched about it too, man. <laughs> Makes me want to squirt. <laughs> oh, I just thought, man, I gotta have a dolls, creepy oh, nice. dolls one. Yes. Gotta have like killer animal ones. <laughs> Dude, I'm in, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna go on, people. Gonna You're gonna be ready. Away. You're gonna be ready to watch 30, 30 plus movies or whatever more. Because I'm gonna Fuck give you yeah. all the good ones. Maddie, if I ever get through Spider-Man and Iron Fist, I'm gonna be queuing up The Brood next. Dude, yes, the brute's so fucking so good. good. Oh shit! I got another subcategory. <laughs> what about weather weather based horror films? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if I've. I think those like I the mean, mist and shit. 
the mist sharknado sharknado that's good yeah <laughs> that actually is a fucking category isn't yes. it god damn love it the the possibilities are endless what so. about corn dog burrito based horror films <laughs> well dude there's the new movie called slice coming out with chance the rapper and it's a werewolf oh, pizza that's movie right. Oh, that, right. that movie looks good dude yeah, yeah i love it can't wait i love it not- i'm gonna make chimichompers it'll be like uh <laughs> chimichangas that have teeth <laughs> it'll be like critters but it'll be like su- super injected with like but Yoga hosers had the bratwurst guys. Yeah. Dude, food horror, Jimmy man. Chompers. Dude, Jimmy I know chompers. it. Jimmy Chompers. Sorry. Jimmy Chompers, dude. <laughs> I can also oh, do Raw God. for that, which was a sick French film. That's yeah. gross. Cannibal movies? Oh, God, dude. It's getting fucking... Cannonball movies? Cannonball. Just where a cannonball chases people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like... I, like wait, where do you put the horror movie Rubber? Where it's just yeah, a avant garde horror, avant garde, avant garde. Yeah, is the only but uh, listen, French that, frights. Give me some subcategories you want to know about. I need to know because I need to know what I have seen and what I haven't seen because I'm also on the lookout for new films. And if you have yeah. some, shoot them my way. I'll watch them. Laughs and Cenobite. Cenobite. Have you seen I know that what meme? that is now. There's that I meme. Saw Hellraiser. I saw Hellraiser. A month ago, there's that meme of <laughs> Pinhead laughing, and it's like the closed caption of it under it says "laughing in Cenobite." So anytime <laughs> there's just like uh, there's like a meme that it's like a Twitter post where it's like, um, "How freaky are you? Have you ever done this, this, and this?" And then somebody will post the picture and it says "laughs in Cenobite" with fucking like, <laughs> to allude to the fact that they're much freakier than you could possibly handle. We are travelers. <laughs> we shall show you pain and pleasures beyond imagination. I fucking love the Cenobites. Yeah, I think that's the coolest thing about that movie is that these beings BSM view pain aliens. as a way to a kind of enlightenment. Yes. So them torturing you is, so good. in their view, it's like some sort of service. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's Lemartin's box. I love it. They, that's a, a franchise that needs some love. <laughs> yeah, they just released like Judgment that got some pretty decent reviews. Like, yeah, the story was kind of iffy, and the acting I think was kind of iffy. But uh, I guess the gore was like top notch, like almost, uh, you know, Hellraiser one and two worthy of gore effects. And I was like, I want to see Michael Fassbender play fucking Pinhead. The, That'd be Pinhead. sick, dude. Yeah. Whoa! Any British actor oh, delivering uh, any of those lines is gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the second one has good parts too. The yeah. Hellraiser two. It's got where they go. You go to see more of their world and stuff. Yeah. I it's like fun, it. man. For the me, it's strapped like, to the bed scene. Hellraiser is like Predators for me, except with like more kinky sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm into that now. That's my franchise. I'm getting my nipples pierced on Tuesday. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would I would believe it. <laughs> Fucking kidding, man! He's on a new. He's on a whole nother level now. I'm on a whole other level. Yeah, graduated like to my my most the peak self. It's I mean, I was arisen, coming to fruition. Anyway. Five years from now, I would. I what if I got a video from Stefan that's just really shaking? He's like, I found it. and It's the box. I'm like, Oh my god, Stefan, don't yes. open it. <laughs> I just see this like f- fucked up uh, iPhone footage of me like f- f- levitating with like 
weird chains attached to my body. It's like, oh, God, it's like all found footage style. I'd and freak then, out and I'd be worried for you. And I was like, please don't come to my house. You won't believe what I saw. <laughs> you won't believe what I saw in there. So this has been Superhouse Podcast episode number 146. We want to thank Shasta and Matt Herring for their contributions to our Patreon. Uh, check us out on all yeah. social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, uh, superhousepod.com, uh, SoundCloud, backslash Superhouse Podcast, YouTube, backslash a bunch of shit because we don't have a name for our YouTube thing yet because we don't have subscribers. We so need more. Yeah. After 100 subscribers, we could do youtube.com backslash Superhouse Podcast, but just follow our links. The Thanks links are also at superhousepod.com at the top right of that page and also at the bottom as well. And go. that's where the T Public Superhouse shop is too, if you want to get a Superhouse mug. <laughs> oh, dude, I went on there. I, went, I need a new hat. And I was like, sick, I'm going to get a Superhouse yes. Podcast hat. There's no hats on there. Oh, oh shit. Well, we'll work on getting hats. We're going to get, we're, we're, let's Damn, work on dude. that. I want a, just want a cool hat, man. I want Superhouse undies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where are my socks at? <laughs> we might have to talk to Israel about. He, I feel like Israel would have the hookup on, on that shit. You know? Oh really? I yeah, think people like, want what's the, hats, the best man. way to, like, what's better than T Public, but kind of does the same shit. Oh yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, he he's like that. He would know that kind of shit. But so um, do you, we get kickbacks or something anytime there's a sale of one of our logos. All right. Or something, so or? I bought a shirt on there because I wanted a Superhouse shirt. I wanted to see what it was all about. So the shirt's good, um, very you know, it's like a normal shirt. Uh, and then, and then since <laughs> it's nothing, not not cheaply made or anything, it's just so a normal little shirt. And it's a, it's a good, it's a very good Superhouse shirt. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is, I got two dollars back. So I guess we, I guess we get two bucks back on every shirt. Oh, probably a dollar off of I don't know off of something cheaper. So it's it's not a lot. Follow me. I am Thunderwolf Drew on Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on uh, Instagram. And I think that's going to do it for me. Maddie, you're old Beardo, right? Yeah, Instagram. Follow me. On the Blowing ground. up. <laughs> Blowing up. Get that, that new Pisswan cover, dude. Things are changing. Hell yeah. Hopefully. I'm super happy to see that your illustrations being. Or your your illustrations being put out there and it's music connected. It's fucking dope. You don't see Thanks. that hair everywhere. Don't, don't sleep on no beer, no mother Dude. truckers. Don't sleep on this mother truckers. And as always, I'm Stefan. Make sure to keep it in the sniz. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, this is Stefan. Remember to keep it sniz. Uh, I'm out. Andrew out. This is Maddie. Bye-bye. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on we are basically on all social media <laughs> yeah, all social media mainly facebook and twitter and patreon check out the links in the description we have uh, a lot of uh cool goals uh set up on our patreon like if you donate a dollar you'll be able to uh give us 
uh, topic for us to talk about. And we'll talk about for maybe an hour or more. Who knows how long it'll take. And that's pretty tight. (laughs) That's the coolest thing. (laughs) Wait, we're on the internet? That's pretty good. (laughs) And we can make money. (laughs) What? (laughs) If you donate $1,000, you get full frontal nudes. We haven't set that up, but it's a possibility. You give us a grant, who knows what will happen. Check us out. I'll do that. that. You get to go on a date with one of us for (laughs) $10,000. But you pay for everything. (laughs) You get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll give you Joey for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. (laughs) Superhouse Gigolo Project. Listening to the Geekscape Network. 